Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. Customer order updates got you freaking? How about your customer? Let's check in with them. Where is my order? I expect a response in 20 minutes, or I'll leave a one-star review everywhere, including your mom's house. Yikes. What if customers could find their own orders with Ventoff Order Lookup, the Shopify app that makes order tracking a breeze? With Ventoff Order Lookup, customers quickly and easily search for their own orders in your store with their email address or their order number. No more wasting time and losing your sanity trying to track down orders for customers. Try Ventoff Order Lookup today and get your order tracking under control. Just search Order Lookup in the App Store to start your free trial. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. You know what? My order was at the front door the whole time. Five stars. All right, let's open something easy. Uh, You know, do a little shtick. Just trying to get the banter rolling here. I think the problem is, is we're on two different energy levels right now. I'm used to us recording after lunch. Lunch is when I'm slow. See, yeah, I need you slow is the thing. Oh, I see. Because when you're too chipper, I hate it. (laughs) Sorry, I just get excited. Excited to be alive. Let's jump into... Oh, boy. Let's let's do a news and updates episode. Sure. I asked my 13-year-old, obviously Gen Z, so his, even though he's no disposable income, that's whose opinion we care about as marketers. And everything you said to him, you were like, did you know this is happening? And he just went, I know. I know. I know. Uh-huh. I saw it on TikTok. I know. Uh, you know, we're like, uh, Does, you know. Do they, wait, do they watch TikTok? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, well, like, that's my 11-year-old is like, I deleted TikTok. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I think it is. Yeah, because my wife watches a ton of TikTok, and she's 30... 29. Some, something? Something within the mid-30s. And I'm like, mm, she's too old for that. That, But once some people are in the mid-30s are hanging out on it, you know the 13-year-old's got to get out of there. I know my 13-year-old is TikTok and Discord. Yeah. Is there even a deeper, like, we think TikTok is what the youths are into because we're old losers. So, like, is there even a deeper level of stuff that we don't even know about yet? Oh, there's, like, the underground TikTok? That, like, what's the shit, yeah, that, like, the, the 12-year-olds are into that we don't even know about or understand? You know, they use Opera as their browser? That blew my mind. That's weird as a, as a 90s browser wars person to know that, that Opera's on a major major comeback that opera's cool yeah if you're in middle school <laughs> yeah that when i saw so like i thought like maybe just my one kid's a weirdo but the other one was doing it too no oh, i've met them they're both they're yeah. both weirdos yeah they're like always online kennedy's young she's too young to not be a weirdo yet she's she's at that age where all children are weirdos and she hasn't like evolved into a true weirdo or just being you un- don't say evolved in front of her because she'll do like a 30 minute monologue at pokemon <laughs> she's i all six-year-olds love pokemon they just, they, like, Pokemon, she knows more about that. She can identify more Pokemon than any other animal. To be fair, Pokemon yell their name at you. But, yeah, that I helps. mean, she's like, knows Pokemon cold. Yeah, my daughter is still, she's one and a half. So it's all just like, moo. Like, everything <laughs> is the noise it makes. Okay. So she's just like, moo, buck, buck, 
Like, you know, just yeah. points. Yeah. Pokemon's the reverse of that. The noise they make <laughs> is just their name. Is their name. Well, yeah. that makes it easier. Well, a cow, we just call it, that's a moo. Duh. <laughs> dog, that's a bark. Is it like a dog Pokemon called Yamper? Because it, it's yappy. Uh, all right. News and updates. This is the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. And I am joined today by show producer, Mr. Paul Rita. Uh, I'm more than that. You're a business partner. Sure. Show producer. Life partner. <laughs> business partner for many years. <laughs> therapist. Which, therapist, yeah. <laughs> lunch buddy. That's a two-way street. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are, you are my lunch buddy. Yeah, you don't want to, like, eat lunch by yourself. Antique show partner. We ha- Oh, this is getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> we did go to an antique show together recently. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Ew. Uh, all right. The, our agendas today, Facebook's move toward what they're euphemistically calling a seamless shopping experience. Uh, a lively discussion on .com domain names. Do they still matter? Shopify uh, updates their URL structures. Why? You know, do we care? What's it? Does it matter? Uh, the AI gold rush. If I hear the phrase AI used incorrectly one more time, I may vomit. And, you know, is it all hyper game changer? And then finally, uh, let's throw out some out-of-the-box ideas for scaling your Shopify store's revenue. I think... All right, let's open with domain names. When I say domain name, what pops into your head? .org. .org? (laughs) .gov? Mine's .com. (laughs) I believe the correct answer was .com. It wasn't actually... I wasn't looking for opinion. Uh, .re, the TLD for the French protectorate of Reunion Island, so I could get paul.re. Oh. But you can only get it if you're a French national, so I can't get it. You know, but you can <laughs> order passports from the internet. <laughs> By the time anyone comes to us with you know, for help with their store, they already have the domain name. So it's, it's never a discussion. I feel like it's not a discussion I've had, you know, in five to ten years of what, should we do about a domain name? I remember having, like, 20 years ago, it's like, well, which TLD should I get? And there were only a handful. And, you know, should it be long, short? Should it have dashes? No, like, what do I do here? And the advice was, like, no dashes, as short as possible. It's got to be .com or no one cares. But the problem is today, try to get a .com name. Good luck. You know, they're all taken. And if you could find one that's any decent, someone's squatting it, and they're like, all right, that'll be $10,000, please. And I've met people who have paid the big money for really cool domain names that are, like, short and pronounceable and memorable. But now there's, you know, to get around that, there's all these other TLDs. And so it's like, you know, I saw .ai today. You know, .shop is uh, a sizable percentage of Shopify stores. You know, like 5 to 10% supposedly are .shop. If there's .shop, is there .store? I don't know. TLD, the domain name registrar, is the top level. Those are their TLDs are top level domains, is what they're called. Um, it's weird. It's monitored by this multinational thing called ICANN. What's ICANN? I C A N N. It's two N's. It's two N's. I don't know. Internet communication. How about Internet Consortium <laughs> Association Neural Network? Neural, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a neural network. All right. Uh, Made that up. Polymimetic alloy. <laughs> But that was a great A Terminator impression. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe you made a Terminator reference when I have 
No problemo. Yeah, it's very good. Perfect. Okay, good. I can't hear it. Uh, yeah, my Emily. Uh, so you know, she grew up a girl, and not a boy. So she didn't watch boy movies growing up. She's very excited for the Barbie mo- the Barbie movie. She's like, you don't understand. He does, the- so am I. She's like, you don't understand the lore. That Margot Robbie. Yeah. Uh, what can't she do? I don't know how it got started, but yeah, she was like, uh, "Let's." I want to watch '80s and '90s canonical boy action movies. I was like, Psh, "You came to the right guy." Did you start with Blade Runner or Predator? I don't like Blade Runner. <gasps> Blade Runner super overrated. Yeah, if you're not like super into it, Blade Runner boring. 2049 way better. Uh, she loves. She's watched, seen multiple Dennis Villeneuve movies. Loves them. Watched. I had on my playlist the '84 Lynch Dune. And that was like a me one. I was just going to watch it because I like things where the where they made choices and no one got told no because that doesn't happen anymore. Like everything is just, you know, focus group to death by executives. And so I was like, and she's like, how about this Dune? And I'm like, you don't want to watch that. I'm like, that's not for you. She uh, She's like, no, we're going to watch it. I was like, okay, There's fine. Some so, Dune super fans of their car screaming Well, she right watched now. it and she was like, I loved it. And I'm like, what? That's <laughs> I was a, like, a shocker. Was like, she's you know deep in sci-fi. She was, loves Dune. I was like, you know, you're making, they're making a, a new one. She's like, we're watching it. So we watched it. We had a whole Dune party. I mean, she like, we made like Dune themed snacks. <laughs> and she's like, I love it. She, she looked and she's went, I'm a real Dune head. And I was like, yep, that's what they call each other, <laughs> Dune heads. Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, we just watched the three good Terminator movies and not the three bad Terminator movies. Because there's six Terminator movies. Three of them are good. Three of them are bad. You know, 50-50 is pretty it's, good. It's a good for a hit, series. batting percentage. You and, know, like Fast and the Furious, there's ten of them, and all of them are bad. Hey, <laughs> you love those. If you I love the first one. You have to love all of them. Shut up. You're a weird car guy. I am. Yeah, and she declared Dark Fate was her favorite one, the last one. I don't think we could talk anymore. I was like, not Terminator. She's like, not Terminator 2? Because Terminator... I was like, none of the movies we watch are going to be better than Terminator 2. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Like, we peaked already. So go back to domain names. Go back to domain names. Sorry about that. Uh, so what annoys me about them is I can't create the domain names, but they also sell the domain names, which is like if realtors were the only people allowed to build houses, <laughs> which actually it would be is, good. isn't it? Because we'd get more houses. They, but they would just build them willy-nilly. No one would ever stop them. They just build constantly, and they go, look, well, I got this to sell you now. And so they just keep in, they've just been inventing new stupid TLDs over the last 20 years. Well, yeah, now you pointed this out. Many of them are file names now, like file name extensions. They just added .zip and .mov, which That's is— very confusing. It's very confusing and very bad. Are we, are we going to .zip the domain for something, or are we downloading a zip file that will then hack my computer? All right, here's the argument for is a you know dot com, everybody's squatting on those names, which is frustrating. So we we need more real estate with these domain names. And so what's the solution? Add TLDs. And you know, we I guess we decided we could just do like dot com two, dot com three. <laughs> That's not gonna work. And so like giving me a variety of options, I like that idea. The problem is it, it's not well publicized and it's confusing. And like there's domain names that did work and didn't. And when you get like spam links. Uh, phishing links, those always use the craziest TLDs. So I feel like there's some inherent uh, skepticism of doma- of TLDs I don't recognize. But so I asked, you know, I wasn't sure. I asked on Twitter, and, you know, the theory for this is, hey, domain names don't matter because we're not, I'm not typing in HTTP colon slash slash W. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. Well, I mean, the, I just ty- the URL is also a search bar. And so I just kind of like type it and hope it auto completes. Yeah. And so does it really matter? 
And when I asked on Twitter, there were a couple anecdotes, and this was my fear, was people were like, well, depends on your audience, especially like if they're, you know, older, they grew up um, seeing, you know, dot-com was everything, like us, us geriatric millennials. I'm sorry, I'm the last Gen Z, how dare you? <laughs> Gen X? The la- Oh, my mistake. I like the last Gen Z. I thought that was... <laughs> it's like a sequel to Children of Men. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, we had you know someone who registered. It was like dot .fitness and someone else. So they had like dot .club. And they said it, it really confused people yeah. because they saw it and they would just add. They're like, oh, clearly that's a typo. They'd add .com to it. And they go, oh, it doesn't work. I mean, to me, that it it really smacks of being low rent. Ooh. Like anytime okay. they're just like, yeah, check it out. It's at pillows.shop. And I'm just like, those are full of lead shavings. Like <laughs> if you even get it. That's how I feel about .to. If I see .to, I'm like, well, I'm getting hacked. What the? Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, that one's never legit. It only works if you are selling tech things to tech people and you have .io. That I agree yeah, with. Yeah, .io has become legit and, yeah. and joined the big four of com, net, org, and gov. I agree. And then IO's up there now, and the rest is just crap. But the, you know... What I like about some of them, their exact match. You know, st- acme.shop, that's the Acme shop, right? That <laughs> makes sense. That one's confusing because it's four letters. And in my head, you know, all our TLDs need to be three letters or maybe two. The moment it's longer that, I think that's where you, you get that confusion that, like, oh, this isn't the and this isn't the extension. I got to tack.com onto that. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Just get the .com. Just think of something different. Just make up a word. Who cares? Yeah, I think that's your. That's probably the best option. Unless you're selling to nerds, then do .io and go crazy. Yeah. Though a lot of those are taken, too. Does low average order value have you on life support? We're losing them. Download one click upsell and you can add 10 to 15% more sales to your Shopify practically overnight. Zipify one click upsell, a.k.a. Zipify OCU, was created by the owner of a $170 million e-commerce brand. OCU boosts your average order value by offering your customers highly targeted pre-purchase and post-purchase upsells. And with the mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, it's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $400 million in sales. It only takes a few clicks to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. Go to zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Clear. So similarly on this nerdy discussion, Shopify's changing how URLs work. They're changing how they serve up uh, some store assets. So mainly theme components, images, JavaScript, style sheets. And in the past it they would the you'd put in a liquid statement that was like this is the name of the file go get it, right? And then it would come back with it would replace that with the URL and it would be a CDN. So it was cdn.shopify.com and the idea was like that was very fast. Well that your Google PageSpeed score Google's like, "Oh, I got to I have to look up that other address. I got to connect to it. I'm already connected to this one site. Why are you doing this to me?" If you just put everything in one place, it'll load faster. And they're not wrong. Mm. The imp, like the actual benefit of that, mm. not great. Are they? Not huge. They don't like it. They, Google is our our performance overlord. They, for what it, we've decided that like 
you know, just as zero to 60 is the standard measurement, where did that come from? I guess Google is the one who gets to decide, like, this is our equivalent of zero to 60 metric. No comment. <laughs> you know, I think we've lost the fight on arguing about page speed. <laughs> or at least, like, performance. You know, I think we just have to adapt to it. I, where they're giving us tools now to actually be able to address it. And that is what changed things for me. I just can't get off the fact that in my personal experience here, I have store owners that are just like, you know, what can we do about the fonts to lower the font load times because the font loading is hurting our page speed metric. Also, I have 30 apps installed. I need every single one of them. They're so important to my business. But what can we do to shave 3K off those fonts? It's like, you're not a serious person. Like, get away from me. I can't live with that. You get, yeah. You're saying if you need to be able to make harder decisions. Like, yeah, are we here to make changes? Then let's make changes. Are we here to fix this and make a significant difference? Let's do it. Damn the torpedoes. But yeah. where we're like, uh, mm, mm, I don't, mm, 4K maybe we could save? Let's talk about this with ten, over 10 emails while just ignoring the giant monolith over here. You're, yeah. <laughs> I love it when you hate agreeing with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just, you're right. We've been on that many times where it's like, all right, you want a faster site. The solution is you got to make hard decisions and get rid of as many of these apps as possible that are, you know, on the front end, slowing the site down and find other solutions or say like, maybe this isn't worth it. And then instead it becomes like, all right, we're trying to, you know, shave the tiniest amount. We're shaving grams of weight off a, of, you know, a vehicle that weighs 4,000 pounds. It's, Okay, yeah, it's lighter, but it's yeah. not going to make any difference. Mm -hmm. But this new format, all right, assuming you've got a standard theme that came, you just downloaded your theme, this change happens automatically. If for whatever reason you or theme developer or me was a bad lazy boy <laughs> and you just stuck a, a URL in there to reference from the old CDN, which you could do, they did not recommend, they told, they warned you, they yeah, said they don't said, do it. Yeah, when you, so when you upload something in the file section, there's a little button that's like get URL and it gives you the actual URL of that object. They're like, don't do it. And they're always like, don't do that because we might make a change in the future. Like always use the liquid to call the file. Don't just hard code the URL in there. Uh, I saw they made this announcement, and I and others had assumed that this oh, meant that I, stuff was broken. I immediately was like, any anyone who was a bad boy and directly inputted that URL into the code, Tom Shedlack, who works <laughs> with us, I've seen you do that. I've done it. <laughs> uh, you was a bad boy, and all that stuff's gonna break. And no, they they amended it. They revised the announcement and said those old URLs will continue to work. You're just not gonna get the benefit any performance. Uh, or, you know, other benefit here. Yeah, I think there was like a 48-hour freakout. They didn't specify otherwise, and I think we all kind of assume based on how it was worded. Uh, but the answer is, hey, you don't have to do anything. It'll continue to work as is. If you've never messed with your theme, you'll just benefit from this. Don't worry about it. Um, and if you want to make this change, you know, double-check it. It, it. It's not that tough to implement and fix this at all. Um, all right. I know we both have strong opinions, many people do, on... Artificial intelligence. Is Skynet coming to kill us? Yes, no. Mimetic polyalloy. <laughs> I love your Arnold. It's so good. But the problem is my Arnold, the state of California. <laughs> all right, last week on the Today Show, they're like, Skynet's coming, we're all going to die. On the Today Show. Everything I'm mad about is all just caught in the doorway and an individual piece can't get out. 
Will the AI is the AI built on the blockchain? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Can I use? Uh, does AI make NFTs? Is that why I should care about it? We don't even remember about, what NFTs are. Oh, but I was told That's over. that that was the future. It's yes. amazing how AI came out of nowhere as the thing no one can shut the fuck up about until <laughs> the block the blockchain crashed and then NFTs crashed. Oh, now we have a new thing that everyone has to talk about. The difference is like this is an actual. Has actual use cases. But hang on. Blockchain and NFT really didn't. The, okay, yes, true. Again, there's some crypto nerd screaming in his car. Well, yeah, no, First he, dude, now this. Yeah, he could just turn into a bridge embankment for all I care. <laughs> Tell me about your AI usage. I My two primary uses, copy editing and summarizing long content into short content. Tell me more about that. What do you do? I had a seven-minute screencast from a client today. I took the transcript of that. I dropped it into Jasper.ai. You can use ChatGPT too. I have Jasper because I'm an idiot and I forgot to cancel the trial. Now I own it for a year and I'm <laughs> going to use it. And so I dropped that into Summarize and it perfectly summarized it. It was like, here are the action steps that this person's looking for. And it made it very easy to verify it and write the work request. So what happened there was I spent five minutes with the AI to save myself doing 10 minutes of work. Yes. On a job that you already know how to do. Yes. These are interesting tools that allow people that know how to do jobs to do their jobs faster and more efficiently. Yes. I used it yesterday. I used ChatGPT yesterday. We had a thing where we want we have a page, and on the page it says, offer ends May 31st, 2023. But we don't want to touch that page every month. So we just want that offer is evergreen. It restarts. It every restarts, month. but we say it ends at the at the end of every month. When the month changes, we want it to then say June thirtieth, twenty twenty three, or February twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. It has to know what the last day of the current month is. I'm sh maybe I could have figured that out how to do that in Liquid, but I was like, let me ask ChatGPT, and I did it, and it was fully wrong. <laughs> Then I reworded my question, and it was fully wrong again. Then I reworded the question a third time, and it gave me something that did always give you the last day of the month, but it was off by one day. <laughs> I then took that output and added another day to it, and now it works. So that did take less time than me screwing around with it or trying to figure out how to do it, but I still needed to know how to do my job. In yes. order to make this work. You are, a, this in this case, you are now a prompt engineer. Presently, you can hire a virtual assistant, probably in the Philippines, um, to do any manner of task you can think of. I view ChatGPT as being in the same role. Where, like, the tasks that you would have to assign to, document, and explain to a virtual assistant... Those ex often, I would imagine the majority of those handed to ChatGPT would work reasonably well. And so I view, I think that's the way to look at it is like this thing is a virtual assistant that sometimes is very impressive. And other times you're like, I don't know how you screwed that up so badly. Yeah, you can't trust it. What, and again, we're only talking about ChatGPT because everything else is just like, Stuff that they're just like, well, what, like just taking it off, you know, 10 years into the future, maybe if we could somehow figure it out. I mean, even the stuff that ChatGPT outputs, 
everything it writes sounds like a high school kid that didn't do the reading and is kind of bullshitting his way because the teacher called on him and he needs to act like maybe he did do the reading. That's like, kind of how it works. That's the best that it, that's what it outputs, though. Every time it says a word, it's like, all right, I think there's like 97% chance this next word is the right word. And yeah. It just, so it's very good at extemporaneous speaking, essentially. Yeah. This thing where it's like, it's going to write movies. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not creative. <laughs> it's dumb as hell. <laughs> And now, and now everything's AI. You know, there was a Zoom. Is, yeah, just tech AI. Yeah, it. Zoom, the conference call company, whose stock is lower now than it was in 2019. I don't know who they blew that. Like, remember Zoom, how they were going to take over the world two years ago? Um, they just had their quarterly earnings report, and every single question from every single, like, Morgan Stanley analyst and all these people were just like, well, how are you going to integrate AI? Don't you need to get AI involved? Like, what's the AI usage here? And the and the CEO was just like, yeah, well, you know, we have an independent we need more capital because we're going to do AI. Like, you just say we're going to do AI. What does that even, what does that mean? What is, how is AI going to help Zoom? Tell me about it. Oh, it's going to make the audio sound better? That we've had that. That's just a thing that already exists. That's not AI. Now we're going to They haven't it. implemented. Yeah, there's a lot of just automation tools that we are now rebranding as AI. Yeah, just AI is now short for the computer's good. <laughs> We're going to make the computer more good, and once a computer reaches a level of good, it's AI. That's AI. The computer did good. Like, that's all it is. Do you think ChatGPT is AI? No. It's a language model. It's it a, is a language model. It's Siri. It's Siri that's not shitty. It's the promise of Siri delivered 10 years later. Yeah, it's not shitty Siri. It can't think. It doesn't, like, know stuff ahead of time. You ask it a question, and it kind of maybe bullshits a thing that you go, okay, I guess. I've used it enough now where a I can I I can 100% recognize ChatGPT's writing style. Like if someone has not either rewritten its output or been really careful with the prompt and like how they explain its tone of voice, I see that thing a mile away. It has a very obvious syntax it uses. So like that's issue one with it. Um, the because if I could see it, like for sure, algorithms will be able to spot it very quickly. Uh, the you know, one workaround is just throw some typos in there. It never makes typos. Mm. It abuses commas, and it really likes colons, lists, and, like, adjoining modifiers. It's always like, actually, comma, sentence, but or and, sentence. <laughs> and, like, all of it is comma, 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 comma. The thing just abuses commas and exclamation points. Part of my prompt is always, like, be concise. You hate exclamation points. I think you get a much saner output with it. But, like, I've really been pushing it to its limits where you've got these huge ultra prompts that it has to, like, run through over and over. And as soon as I'm, like, a few steps into it, error-generating response, error-generating response. When you're really trying to work it into, let's have a discussion, let's work step-by-step, step, let's do these long-form things, it just starts to fall in its face, and the magic starts to disappear. The fact that it speaks in human English, I think, captured our imaginations, where we're like, wow, the computer's talking to me. When you play with it, it, you know, similar to a smart speaker, you're like, oh, it is nowhere near as smart as I thought on day one. Still very useful. I use it daily. But it's just, you know, I'm not, in no way am I, like, terrified of it, like some of these media portrayals. And the reason that this is getting pushed so hard is because the forces of capital can now envision a world where no worker exists that they have to pay. All that will exist is executives and shareholders that reap the economic benefits from a robot worker that they don't have to pay and no other human involved. And that's why they're everyone 
in the media and the high level finance people are so excited about this because they finally have a gateway to a world with no workers. They would have seen ChatGPT and then seen, ah, payroll is at my biggest expense. If I can reduce that with similar or better output through automation, fabulous. You know, the Writers Guild, the WGA is on strike right now. So we're not getting any movies or TV shows are being made. In the Writers Guild final demands, they put in one that was just like, you cannot use AI to write movie or TV show scripts, and you cannot use the scripts we write for you to train an AI to write movie and TV show scripts. And the WGA bargaining committee thought, surely the studios don't want to do that. Like, they're not going to want computer scripts. They're going to be garbage. So we're going to put that in there. The studios will say, of course we don't want to do that. We'll give you that concession. And then the writers was like, well, we'll give them a concession, and, like, that'll get the ball rolling. That'll grease the wheels. We're just going to give them an obvious one that they will agree to. Then we'll have an obvious one that we'll agree to, and we'll all work it out. And they made that proposal, and the studios rejected it, which kind of says it all. Like, I don't know if you saw, did you see that company that was, like, some car company, they tried to get Elon Musk's attention by making a fake commercial with Ryan Reynolds, and it was entirely AI-generated? No, I missed it. With this. a fake Ryan Reynolds in it? It was terrible. It looked like freaking clutch cargo. It moved like five frames a second. <laughs> Only his mouth moved. It was garbage. But it was like, okay, well, here you go. Now they get a world where they don't have to pay actors and they don't have to pay writers. Like, that world is going to come for you. Not that it will be successful, just like how Zuckerberg saw, well, the metaverse is coming. I got to hire 10,000 people because the metaverse is coming. And then the moment the metaverse didn't produce the returns he wanted, uh, all those people are fired. Get out of here. I'm not going to be punished for that. The CEO of Microsoft and Zuckerberg and all those people aren't going to be punished for that. Uh, you're going to get punished because I hired you and said this was the new big thing, and then when it wasn't, I get to fire you. And that, to me, is the danger of AI. The danger of AI is not Skynet. The danger of AI is everyone who's a billionaire just being like, I'm going to replace them with AI. See you later. Firing everyone. Then the AI is garbage, and the company gets screwed, and now no one has a job. Mm. So it's this. So just throw me in the throw me in capitalism jail now, because that was I've ruined this podcast. <laughs> yeah, just one star. Yeah, look, if you like the show, leave a five star review because the number of one star reviews we now have to offset from angry capitalists on this show about e commerce entrepreneurship. Hey, uh, I'm a true Marxist. I keep a hundred percent of the products of my labor. That's the reason I do this. <laughs> uh, we're doomed. The, I don't know. I like AI, but the hype around it, like, like as somebody who uses it constantly, the hype around it is insane. Where, Chat GPT is a fun tool to use. Yes. Everything else you say surrounding this is dumb as shit. <laughs> that is my stance. Yeah, my mother-in-law is like, are you afraid of it? I said, afraid of it? Why would I be afraid of it? She didn't really know. But it was just like, that's, you know, that's kind of the, the media's portrayal. That's strange. I don't know, just throw Isaac Asimov's Three Laws of Robotics at it and hope for the best. <laughs> well, I didn't remember what they are. Thou shalt not kill. It's basically like, don't let humans get killed. Yeah. And then number three is like, all right, as long as it doesn't interfere with not killing humans, you could try and engage in self-preservation. See, we've solved this with 1950s sci-fi. 
long ago. Always, yeah, always yeah. a way to do and it. And you know how much it loves to adhere to its rules that it forgets about very quickly into the conversation. I'm so tired of losing revenue. Ah! Are you tired of losing revenue to abandoned carts and lapsed audiences? Ooh. Of course you are. Did you know that anonymous shoppers who visit your store on their phones can't receive abandoned cart emails from Shopify? <gasps> Pop quiz. What do Warby Parker, Dr. Squatch, and Blendjet have in common? They all turn to retention.com to maximize their growth and reclaim lost revenue. It's money falling from the sky. With retention.com's reclaim solution, you can leverage industry-leading identity resolution technology to increase your SMS and email flow revenue by up to 10 times. We am um, 10xing our list, okay? Like 10x, like I'm not even joking. Onboarding is quick and easy and implementation takes just hours, not months. Plus, retention.com's flexible pricing is based purely on incremental performance, so you only pay for what you get. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to grow your Shopify store and reclaim lost revenue. Visit retention.com to learn more and schedule your demo today. All right, Facebook's quote-unquote seamless shopping experience. So right now, you can, you've got your Shopify store, online store as a sales channel in the store. You could plug in other sales channel that, to connect it to other marketplaces and platforms. Amazon, eBay, Walmart, Google, and Meta, the Facebook and Instagram. And then you could list your products on there, you know, plug them into ads, make your life easier. It has your catalog. And in the past, I could have a little like mini shopping experience within the app. And then people could click through, get to my site, and make a purchase. Or they could purchase directly through the app. Never go to my website. Just purchase through Facebook. And similar to any other marketplace, they hold the funds until I provide a tracking number and then they release the funds to me. Their new announcement is, hey, starting April 24th, 2024, shops that direct people to an e-commerce site to complete a purchase uh, will no longer be allowed, will to, no longer be accessible. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. And then from, you know, starting June 5th, anyone who's adding a new shop into Commerce Manager, which is, you know, that's like the business tool in Facebook and Instagram. Um, well, they can only check out on Facebook and Instagram. So You can't send them to your store. So TLDR, if you're selling on Facebook and Instagram, that purchase must be completed through Facebook or Instagram and cannot be redirected to a Shopify store, Shopify URL. Yeah. Yeah, they want to, they want to own that. They want to capture the channel. They want to own the channel. They want to own the transaction and the payment processing, they get all that data, and they get a percentage of revenue. I mean, Shopify's revenue, um, oh shoot, I forgot the, the percentage, but it's double digits of their revenue is payment processing that oh, they collect. Yeah. It's, it's quite lucrative if you can own a huge marketplace. Yeah, I mean, if you just, I mean, that's all the credit card companies are. They're just taking 2% of every transaction or whatever it is. Well, and they get the interest. It assuming you pay well, them and back. They get the interest, Here's but... the trick. I just shred the credit card bills. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Pro tip. I think it's annoying. I but it, you know, A, it's their sandbox. You know, you play in someone else's sandbox, it's by their rules. I don't think it's particularly bad. You know, I'm just but I'm I'm giving up a feature and nobody it's, likes it. You that. know, it's just the it's the old story of, yeah, you play around in someone's someone sets up a marketplace to help you to work on 
mm, that's for them. Like, you're getting on there for them, and then, like, you know, they can eventually change the terms of the deal in a way that doesn't benefit you. Yeah. So. And, you know, no one's forcing you to sell through here. You could quit. Uh, I will say we've discovered twice recently uh, that when you sell through Facebook and Instagram, you have to provide the tracking, show it's fulfilled to get the payment transferred. Fine. You know, that's not weird. Um, they're essentially asking, acting as an escrow there. But there is a limit on it. At 30 days, it just cancels and refunds the customer. It cancels the order, refunds the customer. Oh, so we're not doing any pre-orders yeah. or if you have any inventory <laughs> problems. Yes. Mm. So something to be aware of. I think that's the one the one big caveat there. Um, do and we I, have any data on people that do that? Do we know? I mean, I could see like a clothing store selling stuff on Instagram. Maybe we have for, we have plenty of clients who do this. Um, the ones who do really well at it are very much on the platform a lot, and will do live shopping. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you watch the Lulu Row documentary, I mean, that was the back pioneered of, that. Yeah, that was the backbone of Lulu Row is essentially doing home shopping network on on Facebook, and that strategy works. If you have fans who are interested and bored, uh, totally works. Like we had um, John Chase on here, talk, who would make his own art and sell it. He would do Instagram lives every week in which he would like he kind of like BS with the audience. It was fun. It felt like you were hanging out with him. Uh, and he did like do work on a painting. And then he would sell stuff to you throughout and people would buy. Uh, or I've seen people do like, you know, it's like I've got my regular store, but Hey, I'm a maker, and here's, like, all my one-off stuff I'm just selling in this live. That strategy really works. Oh, which segues perfectly into atypical ideas to try. That's how I want to wrap this, this episode up. And some out-of-the-box ideas as you know, that customer acquisition cost is always the big fear for you know, profitability and scaling and continued success with any e-commerce brand. And so you know, getting adding in other channels outside of, like, pure PPC – you know, you got Facebook and Instagram, uh, and of course, Google Shopping I like a lot, and Google Pmax ads, but there's other stuff as well. And so those live shopping, those work really well. Um, you know, if you could, you could get into it, it's a, a big investment in content and time. The, there's a platform called Comment Sold that lets you like, uh, broadcast on multiple platforms, tries to make it easy. So if you're interested in this, you know, either do it native or check out Comment Sold. The other one I like that I thought was cool is... What's, what? Comment sold? Yeah. Doesn't even make any sense. I think you, you're in the live stream. You're like, all right, if you want it, comment with sold. Oh. Yeah. And I'm then, not, like, right. the way people used to do it is they're like, all right, what's your email? We'll send you, the like, the draft order invoice, and then you pay, and then, boom, now it's it's sold. That's still how so... I was watching a few I only last shop week. on .coms. I'm old. <laughs> yes. Shopping on Amazon.com. That's how you know... You're over the hill. Yeah, it's like, oh, do you buy that on Amazon? That's for babies. Increasingly, <laughs> you know, people complain about the search results on Amazon. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah. It's a, just a garbage pile. Yeah. It feels like it, it just Amazon feels like I'm shopping on Wish sometimes, which is fun. But, you know, when I just like it's a sundry good, like I just just give me my HDMI cable and let me go home. You know, I hate like sorting through these reviews and all this nonsense. Model price. I like mono price, which they sell on Amazon. The other one that's cool, and I like it because it's like feels a little nefarious. 
customer identity resolution. That's such a great euphemism. I love that it like feels real. It's like it's really gross and <laughs> possibly illegal, but it feels so good. <laughs> a little gangster. Ew. Customer identity resolution. This is a euphemism for there is an anonymous visitor to your site. They have not given you their contact information in any way. They have not filled out your checkout. But because we have enough wild data about them, we could pretty much make a good guess as to who they are and then email them. Or if you really want to get crazy, send them direct mail, a postcard. I think people are much less defensive of their physical mailboxes, and they have to go through every piece of mail yeah, I versus mean, inbox. Yeah, they're already getting mailbox spam to begin with. Yeah. So just what's another piece on the pile? They're not thinking through, like, like if you send them an email that ends up in their inbox that's like, hey, buddy, I saw you <laughs> looking at my website earlier. I think don't acknowledge that. They don't like no, that. I think you, no, I think you open with that. I think you get real, f- sidle up to them and get <laughs> real friendly. Hey, first name, last name. Yeah, they're a lot less defensive about their physical mailboxes because it's just another piece of, like, they don't think, hey, that was that website I looked at five days ago. It's just, you know, it's just crap that showed up. Yeah. Well, what a coincidence. If they even remember. How would I send them physical spam, Kurt? <laughs> what would be a right. way to do that? Postpilot, the company we both invested in. Yeah. All right. Uh, disclosure, we've invented, invested in Postpilot. We think it's great. Also, we wouldn't have invested in it if we didn't think it was great. But they, after we had invested, they added uh, customer identity resolution. So just you're running a pixel on your site. Person doesn't purchase, they get put in a win-back campaign, essentially a site, a, a browse abandonment campaign like you would do in Clavio, never think twice about, except you're mailing it to the home of anonymous visitors to your site. Think about that. That's got some power to it. Now, obviously, like, it, it, it's more expensive to send a physical postcard than um, mail or than email, but you'd be surprised at how little it costs, and how efficient it could be. I mean, I know, I know the postage is, can't be that much. I mean, could it even be, is it a dollar a piece even, like the total cost with Postpilot and all that? I don't know. Probably more than that. Probably more than a dollar a piece. They could also do trifold brochures. Wow. Yeah, not just postcards. But, I mean, even if it, if it, even if it ends up being, like, I don't know, a couple bucks ahead. If you segment it right, yeah, it's going to pay for itself. A, yeah, if it's a couple bucks ahead, like, who cares? I mean, how much are you spending for a click through on a Facebook ad. Exactly. So yeah, that marriage of customer identity resolution and physical mail. Well, that's very attractive. And we have a few clients that are, are running this now successfully. And like, no one gets mad. No one's like, hey, I didn't sign up for this postcard. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, because every day of their lives, they get 10 postcards that they're like, I didn't sign up for this piece of junk mail. I got a postcard today for the former owner of my house who... I, the guy never set up mail forwarding. I will receive mail for this man for the rest of my life. I would get mail for, like, my old house owner's, like, pension plan. Ooh. Like, private. I would get, like, financial letters. I, when those show up, I write return to sender on. They go back. <laughs> Let's wrap it up there, shall we? Any closing thoughts, Mr. Rita? Watch Terminator Dark Fate. <laughs> I think it's really underrated. Arnold just recently gave an interview where he talked about how he thought the first three Terminators were great, which, first of all, Terminator 3, not good. And then he said the last two were bad, and I disagree. I think Terminator Dark Fate is a very good movie. It's very fun. (laughs) That's it for today's episode. I'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics, so please join our Facebook group, Unofficial Shopify Podcast Insiders. Let's continue the conversation. Until next time, keep selling, my friends. 
The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. Do you want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like studs, Princess Polly, Code Epoxy, to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.